Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. In case you haven't heard, uh, we've got uh, some special words of encouragement uh, coming in just a few moments from some of our uh, Gateway Life Church members. And, uh, you know, I really love to equip, encourage, and empower others. I really uh, love to create a space for them to lean into God, get a word from God for the church, okay? And so that's what they've done. They've lent into God. They've believed God. They've asked God for a word for you on site and online across the world. And, uh, and so we're really excited to present to you in just a few moments these words of encouragement. Um, hands up if you saw <laughs> Jacob and Julia's blooper video. It was so good. So in case you missed it, fear not. It'll be at the start of the video and, uh, because it's that good. It's that good. Before we move on, though, uh, we have people from America tuning into our weekly podcasts, and I have no idea who they are. So I want to give a shout out to whoever you are in America, particularly people in Oklahoma, California, Texas, Colorado, and Massachusetts. I said that totally wrong. Forgive me. Forgive me, my American family. Um, But anyway, I thought, oh, that word's coming. I haven't practiced it. So can I just ask whoever you are, would you mind emailing um, our church, info at gatewaylifechurch.org.au. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came in contact with us. So God bless you so much. So I want to read a passage of scripture now before we go to this video and then we'll receive our offering. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and it says, And let us think of ways to stir up and motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our gathering together as some do, but let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of Jesus' return is drawing near. And Father, we thank you for this inconceivable opportunity to love and serve you whilst on the earth by loving and serving people. And so, God, I just pray that every one of us would be so stirred up in our hearts and our faith. Lord, may we stir ourselves up, Lord God, so that we might go and stir others up in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive our giving today and let's go to the screen. Thanks, team. Jacob and Julia here. Hey everyone, Jacob and Julia. I went cross eyed. Okay. Hey everyone, it was. <laughs> you wanted to start again, you said hey everyone, and I said hey everyone. You can't do that. What, what am I going to say? Hello. <laughs> hey everyone. Yeah. I waved weird. I just edited it. Be all no, no, we can do this. All right, this last one. Oh! How's my hair? No, we did it wrong. No, just one more go. No, God, please. I just made this go smoothly. Oh, high five. Hey church, it's Chad Muller here. Really missing all you guys. And I'm just really looking forward to the day that we can go back to church and I can get Jake to whip me up an amazing latte and just can connect again with with everyone at church. Um, I just wanted to 
share with you just three three really quick scriptures. And these really quick scriptures um, are going to prove that every hour he looks out for you, every minute God cares for you, and every second he loves you. So every minute, uh, sorry, every hour he looks out for you. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Every minute God cares for you. So 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Every second he loves you. Jeremiah 31 3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I just think at the moment, church, um, you know, there's all this turmoil and all this fear in our world um, with everything that's going on. But um, yeah, I just hope that you can really draw out of these three quick scriptures just to rebuild your faith. Um, I really think at the moment that um, more than ever, it's a real opportunity for the church to shine as people struggle with fear and as people struggle um, with the inconvenience. I think it's a real opportunity for us to be the light and to, to just have um, share the hope we have. The Bible says, you know, that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. And I just think what 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 a time we're in and, and there's no better time to share that hope with the world. So I just want to encourage you, church, and just, yeah, get a hold of these scriptures and let, let it build up your faith again. And uh, just remember who you are in Christ and, and how much he loves you, how much he cares for you and how much he looks out for you. So I just want to pray. So thank you, God, for Gateway Life Church, Father. I thank you that Gateway Life Church is a, is a light on a hill, Lord, and I just thank you that now, Father, you are going to draw people to that light, Father, and that um, us as Christians, Father, would just be in a position, Father, where we're ready, Lord. We're ready to share the scripture, Father, and we're ready to just share the love, and the hope that we have in you, Lord. And I just I just thank you, Father, for opportunities for all of us, Lord, as we go forward, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be blessed. Hi, it's Megan Jeff Quinn. Hey guys, just so you know, I really miss you guys. It's weird not seeing you at the congregation, and I hope you get we get to see you soon. Yeah, we really miss you. And um, during this lockdown season, I just wanted to bring a quick word of encouragement. Um, and it comes from the Bible verse Philippians 4 6 and it says don't be anxious about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he has already done um, obviously during this lockdown season everyone's it's affecting everyone really differently and so everyone's going to have some different needs but I just encourage you to pray to God pray to God for what you need because he is our provider and he will meet our needs but the second part of that scripture I want to make highlight as well is that when praying for God about what you need, don't forget to thank him for what he's already given you. And I know it can be hard to be thankful during lockdown because we're all stuck at home and it's really hard and it's really hard to think about what you're thankful for. But um, even if it's just the little things, for example, I'm working at home at the moment, um, as I'm sure a lot of other people are as well. And I came across this thing the other day um, that really spoke to me and it was said what to be thankful for when working from home one that you have work two that you have a home so like I said it's as simple as that but don't forget to be thankful for what you have that you have a family or you have friends or anything small I'm just gonna pray God I thank you for the things that we have 
um, in the times of uncertainty. And I thank you that you've put those blessings on us. Um, I thank you for the congregation, um, even though they're not there with us at the church when we do our services. I thank you for them and um, you know all the love that they um, send to us while while we're uh, recording our online services. So I just pray that you uh, put a blessing over them and encourage them throughout their week. And um, you know, hopefully, we get to see them soon. Amen. Amen. Hope to see you guys soon. See ya. Bye. Good morning, church. I'm Samantha. I'm Giselle. And we have been kindly asked by Pastor Jason to select a scripture that um, reflects on what we're going through at the moment and um, a scripture that might actually help you guys. Um, So we have selected Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Um, So it's when Jesus visits Martha and Mary. Um, So I'll start by reading it. So as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, Uh, They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So we have selected this scripture not just to remind our church family, um, but to also remind ourselves of what is most important. I understand firsthand the uncertainty we're all facing with what's happening around the world, let alone in Australia. So I guess this is just a reminder to say, instead of worrying about the ways of the world, like Martha, let's be a little bit more like Mary and just stop. The devil's really great at distracting us and making us put God aside. So this is a reminder to actually put everything that is going wrong in the world aside and putting God first um, because he's our only healer, our only saviour, our only vaccine. That's right. Um, So instead of worrying about what everyone's doing and how you're going to be accepted into this world, Let's focus on how we're going to be accepted in the next. That's exactly right. Um, So we'll just close off in prayer. So Heavenly Father, we open up the doors of our hearts to you. We long to spend time sitting at your feet and learning all that you have to teach us. We long to lay our heads on your lap and have you comfort us. We long to know you as well as you know us. We pray, for you, we pray for your wisdom in making our priorities in our day and we pray that you would guard us against the bossiness of our feelings and our way. Like Martha, we offer our hospitality and like Mary, we choose to sit at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. we pray amen and hopefully, yes, <laughs> hopefully Auntie Gladys lifts up these restrictions this week and that we can see you at church yeah. this Sunday. We love you guys. Hi Church, it's Greg and Kayla. (laughs) It's good to see you all. Look, I have a scripture that I want to share with you. In Hebrews 12, it says, keep (laughs) your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. 
And now there's his here, in place of honour, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that the long linity of hostility he ploughed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Church, this is a new season as we come into getting out of lockdown and spring has sprung. We need to keep fixing our eyes on Jesus because he is the source of our strength and perseverance to keep this race going. Yeah, church, it's really easy to get discouraged by uh, restrictions that are imposed upon us and things that we can and can't do and being forced to wear masks and, and, and all of the other things that we, we're all familiar with now. But it's, re it's really just important to remember that we have joy in the presence of God and we have joy in, in this house meeting together, uh, this house and the church house that, that we're meeting in. And Lord, I just want to encourage you to to look to the beauty that's outside as, as spring is, is coming, look to the beautiful uh, flowers and the, and the wonderful sunshine that we've got today and just think of God's amazing creation and think of how much he loves us. We hope you have a great day. See you soon. Bye. Uh, hey, Pastor Jason? Yeah. You know, we had, uh, we had um, a real miracle this week. Oh, wow. Uh, we, we had um, my wife um, and I were... Um, we were actually, um, and, and I'll see if I can just see if I can share it with you, but we were um, uh, just uh, moving a shelf uh, in our um, in our living room, and um, the um, the shelf fell, and it fell on top of Ina's foot, and um, when it fell, it's this big. It's the shelf behind me here. Oh wow! So the shelf behind me. And uh, uh, that uh, each piece of, piece of those wood um, weigh about 17 kilos. And so she had three or four of those fall right on top of her foot. So she had about 70 kilos fall about a meter on top of her foot. And so her foot blew up to about that big. It was black. It was blue. And um, I thought for sure that it was broken. Um, in fact, I thought that it was seriously broken. Um, and uh, um, I went and grabbed ice and I comforted her. She was in a great deal of pain. Uh, and um, as I was taking her over to the hospital, I put my hand on it. And I said, Lord, I said, you know, um, you're the healer of all things. And I said, this family is not in a position where um, my wife can run around the, the, the you know, six weeks with a boot. Um, you know, I just... I just declared that there's healing in this foot and that there's no damage. And I just declare victory over the devil in the name of Jesus. Amen. This foot does not have a break. And I just claimed it. Wow. I and, it. and I owned it on the way to the hospital. Come on, brother. And uh, we got her to the hospital, mate. And we were thinking, and then I, I told Sean, I said, Sean, I said, I think it's broken in three or four different places. And I said, but I've prayed and I think it's going to be all right. And I said, uh, Anyway, so she went in and uh, she was, she you have to leave her at the hospital, the emergency department. She called me in 45 minutes and uh, she says, uh, oh, you know, our next door neighbor was there. He's the doctor. Uh, and uh, he says that given what you've said to us, it's probably unlikely that, that um, it's not broken. In fact, there's every likelihood that it's broken. We went in and looked at the x-ray and there was absolutely nothing in the x-ray whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing, zero. 
Uh, and so there was zero on the x-ray. And he says, I, I, I just can't explain it. He said, even, you know, looking at it now, it should be broken. And uh, he said, mate, it's a miracle. I, I don't know what's happened, but it's fully clean. And um, yeah, just, uh, you know, I just thought, man, miracles can happen if you just ask for them. I love that. I love that. That's so good, Jeff. You know, it seemed so simple, uh, you know, in, in the prodigal son. Uh, and I know God calls it to be simple, but on, in the natural, it's, um, it's, it's very confronting and more challenging. It's always, I've always said that it's much easier to know what the Word of God says than to do what the Word of God says. Um, yeah, we're all experts on what we've got to do. Uh, we all know what we've got to do, but, uh, you know, the Word tells us that uh, the doer is blessed. So, you know, and at the end, uh, which is something that I just like to remind all of us, um, you know, especially number one, me, uh, that at the end on Judgment Day, we're going to be judged for what we did, not for what we knew. The, the heart of God, how it wasn't judgmental. That's probably the biggest thing I picked up, that he didn't um, didn't worry about that. He was just happy to see him come back. And, and, and I've noticed that at Gateway Life since I've been there, you know, I've been there five years now that, how you release and how you uh, welcome people in, doesn't matter what they've done, that I've noticed that big time, especially, you know, where I've come from, my background. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm at Gateway, like Gateway Life Church. Hi, Gateway Life Church, Julia and Jacob here to share a word of encouragement. Yeah, good morning, church. Uh, this is take 923, but we're gonna get it this time. We just wanted to uh, share a quick story about how exactly 12 months ago, we were a week away from moving up to Aubrey. We had the removalists booked, but pretty much nothing else uh, was falling into place. It was actually all, despite our best efforts, not working out. So we gave up control, we gave it all over to God, and that's when all of a sudden things started happening where we did not see a way for them to. And so our encouragement to you today, church, is just to know that when you don't have control and when you give it over to God, that's what actually allows him and gives him the freedom to move and the ability to take over. And that's when we really see his power and his might and his awesomeness. Yeah, we just want to do a quick shout out to Pastor Jason and Pastor Trina for their leadership in Gateway Life Church. It is our spiritual home and we are so grateful for that. Thank you, Chad and Hannah, for greeting us on our first visit to church. Thank you, Rye or Uncle Rye, as our kids like to call him. And thank you to Christy and Tony Wakey for inviting us to Life Group. Um, all of you guys really made uh, the first few months of living here that much easier and knitted us into the rest of the community at Gateway. Yeah, thank you to those people and everyone else at Gateway Life Church. We really have found our home here in Aubrey, but especially here with Gateway Life Church. So I just want to quickly pray um, for us as a church. Heavenly Father, thank you for Gateway Life Church. Thank you for the work you do in and through it and through the people uh, who make it up. Thank you that we can still encourage each other and love each other. Um, and virtually connect with each other. Thank you that you are still here and you are still with us and always will be. In Jesus' name, amen. That was so good, wasn't it? Were you encouraged? 
Hey, uh, how about all of those online? Were you encouraged? If so, why don't you give an amen or just uh, a word there? I'm sure you've been already chatting uh, live there online. So thank you for that. And uh, But that was so good. I was personally really inspired. And, um, you know, the mission statement here at Gateway is to equip, encourage, and empower the generations through discipleship and leadership development. And uh, so that was just another example of uh, our mission statement uh, being mobilized. It was so good. We're going to come around communion now. And uh, as we do, there were just a, a couple of things that were just very much on my mind. And one of those things was, is that today is the 20th year since the terrorist attacks on the Twin Towers. I just couldn't help but think about, you know, that moment. And uh, I just want to ask you, can you remember what you were doing on that fateful day? Personally, uh, Trina and I and our young family, Anna was five at the time, Holly was uh, two at the time. Personally, when I heard that news, I was in our lounge room. We were living in Thaguna and I was actually getting ready for our first public meeting when I first got the news. And uh, I was standing in our lounge room looking at our, our telly there and my, my jaw just dropped. I was in absolute shock and was just so overcome uh, with emotion. I want to give you just, uh, I want to share with a little story. And this is one story of like thousands, perhaps tens of thousands that came out of 9-11. And it's a story about a photographer. And isn't it true that, isn't it true that when great tragedy comes our way, we look to make sense of what has happened. And I want to bring a, a testimony today. And there's a photographer, a photographer by the name of Joel Meyerwitz, who saw more than he could have ever imagined on that terrible day of 9-11. Nearly a year later, while he was documenting Ground Zero, a firefighter approached him with something very unusual in his hand. Little did Joel know that what was just handed to him by a firefighter was a Bible which had been forever bookmarked on a particular chapter and verse in the New Testament. And out of all the pages and out of all the books of the Bible that could have been melted within hard-shaped steel, it fell on Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 and 39. And I want us to have a look at that picture right now. So I want you to imagine, in, a, in amongst this great tragedy, the great fall of the Twin Towers, the intensity of the fire, and of the heat. The molten steel uh, forever caught this page of the Bible. How the Bible itself did not burn under that extreme heat, I'll never know. But it fell on Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 and 39. And it's the old King James version. And it says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, these are the words of Jesus found in the Sermon on the Mount. But I say to you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. 
Let's just go to the next slide. There are times, you know, when people look for a sign from God. And perhaps you're looking for a sign during this whole COVID-19 season. Perhaps you're looking to make sense of what is actually happening in your personal life, in your relational life, in your finances, perhaps in your, your, your mental, emotional. It could be a, a number of things. Can I just give a word of encouragement right here, right now? That the Word of God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For me personally, during this whole COVID-19 season, nothing has changed. I know that the world has changed. We live in a different world now. I get that. But for the believer in Christ, nothing should have changed. We're still called to love. We're still called to serve. We're still called to worship. And we're still called to walk by faith. And I want to put this out there both to my congregation here and to all of those who are watching online. I get a little bit concerned about the believer in this season. Because I, I think to myself that the external pressure is, has always been a revealer of what's on the inside of people. If you want to find out what color the toothpaste is on inside of the tube, just apply some pressure and squeeze and you'll soon find out the, the toothpaste's true colors. And I get a little bit concerned when I see people who profess to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, exalting the word of the media above the word of God. Now that's a concern. That's revealing what's on the inside of you. Because for me, nothing has changed. Jesus is still saying, don't judge. Whether someone gets the vaccine or not, Jesus is still saying, don't judge, lest you be judged. You know, this was an issue in the Apostle Paul's day. It wasn't obviously to do with what we're going through, but food was an issue in Paul's day, particularly early in the New Testament. Because you see, some were still refraining from eating pork. Whilst new believers had always eaten pork and think, I'm going to eat pork for the rest of my life. Personally, I'm a pork eater. Let he who was without sin cast the first stone. Um, but it was an issue then. And Paul said, hey, listen, you know, some people's faith is weak, but don't judge them for eating pork. All right. Or some people are new in the faith or it's, their conscience is clean. They're, they're happy to eat pork. They're OK with eating pork. Once upon a time, somebody asked me, what do I think about the vaccine? And I said, well, what do you think about tithing? <laughs> what do you think about tithing? It's like, what has that got to do with anything? I said, it's got everything to do with everything. And the, the tithing conversation is more important than the vaccine converse, conversation because it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of belief. And that's all I've got to say about that. And so, but I get a little bit concerned. Let's be the kinds of believers that exalt the Word of God far above any news media report. You see, we've got to park our unity in God's promises and not in our personal preferences. Personal preferences is what causes division, not God's promises. But even if you contest something around God's Word, the Bible also says in, again, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. So God calls us to make peace, to love one another, to serve one another, to encourage one another. We're not called to do anything else. 
And I really do believe that the global church could have done a better job in what we're currently going through if we would only park our unity in God's promises and not in our personal preferences. But I'm seeing this whole season divide a lot of communities, and it's not a good testimony. You know, as we come around communion today, as we come around the table of the Lord, now there's no physical table, but communion is about coming to the Lord's table. You see, the table is all about fellowship. It's all about community with the Lord. And today, as we come around communion, I want to talk about a bridge that we all need to burn, especially as we come around the table of the Lord. You see, again, the table of the Lord for me is about a beautiful exchange, right? My life for His life. And for some reason, the, 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 the story around the prodigal son found in Luke chapter 15, I feel like it's something that the Lord is highlighting for us as a church. It's just sort of coming out. And, and when I think about the prodigal son, I think about how he also burnt a bridge. He burnt a bridge, which was the gateway to his breakthrough. And you may think about how he burnt a bridge with his own father in that story found in Luke chapter 15. You might think that he burnt a bridge with his inheritance, right? What was promised to him. You might think that he burnt a bridge with his destiny or with the older brother. But the biggest bridge that he burnt and the biggest bridge that we need to burn every single time we come to the table of the Lord as we share around communion is the bridge standing between the new you and the old you. That is the greatest bridge that you and I can ever burn. The one standing between the new you and the old you. And that's what I like to call the beautiful exchange. You see, guess what? Good news. Good news. doesn't matter how much or how little you know about God, know about the Bible, know about faith. The good news is this, that there's a new you, a divine you, desiring to arise within you, but the price for the new you will be the old version of you. That's the beautiful exchange. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, that we can't serve two masters because we will be devoted and love one and despise and hate the other. You can't serve the new you and the old you simultaneously. You see, the prodigal son, he jumped over that pig pen, that fence that kept him contained. He removed the limitations. And I want to ask you today, what limitations do you need to move? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, we read about the first step in the process of salvation. How many of you know what the first step in the process of getting saved is all about? Let me share it with you today. This is the first step to salvation and, and, um, and also to continually growing in your faith which is to acknowledge our, our true state before a holy God. You see, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 says, Jesus said it, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I remember, I'll never forget it. You know that I talk about it like a lot of the time. And every time I talk about it, you can see that I'm very passionate about it. You can see that it's very real. But I remember that time when God began to reveal to me my poverty of spirit. See, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
He's not talking about poverty in a, in a natural sense, poverty perhaps in your bank account. He's talking about an internal poverty. And I'll never forget how I began to acknowledge my internal poverty. There came, there came like a, just an awareness and an acknowledgement that said, you know what, there's something not right about me. I know that I can point the finger at this one and that one and blame them for the state that I'm in, but, you know, there's no credit, no credit for that. There's no breakthrough on the other side of that. And I just came to this acknowledgement that something was deficient, something was fallen, something was broken. Couldn't deny it. And the first step to salvation and the next step to continually grow in your faith is just to acknowledge our, our true state before a holy God. I want to encourage you. I see, I got this um, revelation very early, and I thought to myself, God is all-knowing. The, the, the night is like the day to God. I might go into my room, and I might hide and whatever and think no one sees me, but the night is as the day to God. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to me, and it convicted me, and it was a great blessing for me. Because I thought to myself, oh, okay, no point sneaking around, pretending that God doesn't see what I'm up to because He sees it all. <laughs> he sees it all. So I may as well just be real, mature, responsible, and acknowledge the truth. And every time I've acknowledged the truth, I find this, uh, this Father that Jesus spoke about in Luke chapter 15 with his arms open wide waiting for me to return. And this is the story of the prodigal son. If you want to know more about it, look it up in Luke chapter 15. It's the story that Jesus chooses to reflect what God the Father is like. See, when you hear the word dad, when you hear the word father, a lot of us can think about a very authoritative and supreme figure who's not necessarily always kind and nice. And, and so Jesus, he talks, he, he gives this illustration to tell us what God the Father is actually like. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so every time I acknowledge my true state before a holy God, I find a Father whose arms are like this, just waiting for me to come home. You see, God is just so kind. He knows the best of us. He knows the worst of us. And he loves us just the same. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.